Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Ravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this uh, Tuesday evening? I'm losing track of days. Yeah, we're, we're doing good. I, I see you are finally sitting down again for the first time in, what, four days? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. After what <laughs> happened to your Shelka boys, uh, you know, not to oh, go off topic, but oh wow. Yeah, oh. yeah. Folks, I texted Richard before that game and I asked, you know, am I going to be in for a surprise with your boys today here or am I going to watch a, a two-hour beating? And he just texted back and said, well, I, I've I've got my shots lined up already. <laughs> so, and this was 30 minutes before kickoff. So, he knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew. I don't mess around. I'm not, I'm not a uh, romantic. I know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, it, it sure did. You were realistic. We all, you know, you get credit for that. And what's with the Lazio shirt? Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, we were on the Calcio, Con- Calcio Connection podcast recently, and you know, we were talking about bets and stuff like that. And last year, I made a bet, a stupid bet with uh Jerry Mancini, and I said Milan were going to finish ahead of Lazio. And if they didn't, I'd buy a Lazio kit. And if Milan finished ahead, then he would buy Milan. Obviously, Lazio were one of the best teams last year, they beat they, they beat Milan. Uh, so I bought a jersey, I bought a Hernan Crespo. So he played with Milan, so that's kind of Milan jersey, right? Uh, so I wore it. Uh, and then we went on their show recently for a preview pod. and. I, I challenged Jerry to two different bets. Uh, one was, you know, I picked Juventus to stay in Serie A, and, and, if, and if they get relegated, then I would lose. He didn't want to take that bet. I, I understand that. And <laughs> then the second bet, he wanted to redo the same bet we did last year. And I said, no, 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 no. We already did that bet. Let's do Cagliari and Bologna. If Cagliari uh, finish ahead, I win the bet. If Bologna win, win then, I, then you win the bet, whatever. And we'll see if he takes me up on that. I'm putting it on the air. So maybe he can, you know, convince him here. A couple people are starting to poke at him. Let's see. Sure. We'll find out. But I'm wearing the Lazio jersey either way. Sure. Well, you're you're a better man than I am. I wouldn't put a Lazio shirt on, even if I did lose the bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hi, Jerry. I would have Jerry, I would have Jerry just reaching out to me every day. Hey, when are you gonna put on that Lazio shirt? When are you gonna tomorrow? Tomorrow. The answer will be tomorrow every time. So oh my. I mean, did we not? I mean, my gosh, I mean, we good thing we recorded tonight. Good thing we're doing this tonight, and we we allowed some <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we first of all we we do a Tuesday night out of respect to our friends over at Milan Weekly Podcast, Vinny and Stevie. We don't want to conflict, and you know, we 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 know where we stand. We would lose uh, our subscribers to them. Um, we want to try to see if we can collect as many people as possible when we're uh, when we're doing this live on our YouTube channel. So, um, and and Tuesday night's a good spot to do it. And my gosh, we we were we were the lucky ones to uh, wait a day, weren't we? Yeah, did you catch the news that happened today? Uh, a first tweet I saw about it was uh, our friend Andrew Cesare from ESPN. Uh, he said, and I'll read his tweet first. It says, Italian police colonel Salvaggio Sari had related uh, revealed that Juventus set up the citizenship test for Luis Suarez, but are now under investigation. Uh, he finished the interview by categorically denying that he's related to Maurizio Sari. So basically the, the story is, uh, back in February, uh, Luis Suarez tried to apply for citizenship for the for the Italian citizenship. Obviously, they were working on a move for Juventus in the summertime, uh, and he cheated on the test. He told them that he was fluent in Italian. He gets out there and to quote the Calcio guys, you know, boobity bobbity boobity bobbity, fake uh, <laughs> the Italian, and they were like, "Dude, you don't speak Italian. What the hell is this shit?" So he he that that citizenship got denied. Now. Juventus are not under uh, under investigation by any stretch, but now they're like, what the hell is up with Perugia University? Because that's where this was, I believe it was. 
Uh, and so now it's a lot of things are coming under fire after this failed test because they're like, uh, have we been sending people there, you know, just to get fake tests or, or fake citizenships? What's going on here? So it's this telenovela of, of Italian drama, you know, what the hell? And so it's basically the Italian version of the old uh, game show, uh, the old quiz show 21, uh, you know, from back in the day. And Luis Suarez was given answers in advance and and so on and so forth. Um, yes, Rocco, I did lose a bet to Jerry. <laughs> Happy Giblet Day. <laughs> Rocco's checking in. Mr. Bob Lex checking in. Ciao, gentlemen. Good to have you. Um, yeah, that... Uh, that is a strange. That is a strange one. I mean, you know, you do this long enough, and you're going to get stories like this, I guess. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, Luis Suarez isn't even coming to Italy. He's going to go play for Atletico Madrid. So, you know, yeah. this is all this is all done about nothing. And I'm, I guess, I'm still trying to figure out who who gets egg on their face. It, it seems like everything is being done to make sure that Juventus is completely uh, lily white in this. Yeah, and and, and you know the, the real question is Perugia, who who they've been doing this with for? I'm sure it's not just Juventus. Maybe this is like where where all the teams go to send their 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 you know other European players to come in try to get citizenship. I don't know. Uh, so they're they're under investigation right now, as is Luis Suarez, and that this whole story is just comical. I mean, if, Nima Tavali, a friend of our show, he had this great like he has like series of tweets, a thread about the whole. You know all the conversations that are going on. It's 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 hilarious. It could be a book. I mean, wow. You 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 would think that this would have happened before at least once. So it's surprising yeah. that you know. But it's 2020. I mean, just there's going to be a new story just about every week, isn't there? I mean, you know, this Luis Luis Suarez situation. It's just you know, uh, you know, it's just uh, I I I I'd love to figure out how Juventus can be guilty in this. But at the end of the day, what are you really going to be able to do to them? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they, they rigged a, you know, they rigged a test or they rigged an exam that for Luis Suarez to pass so that he could get his Italian passport and play football in Italy. So, and I forget someone, I read what someone had a tweet and I apologize if I can't remember who it was, but they said that Luis Suarez used like uh, another person to actually fill out the exam for him. And so <laughs> I, I, I it's an asinine story. I mean, it's, it's a really, you got to look into this because it's really comical. Uh, they're calling Luis Suarez Gate. I mean, just go search everything about. Reminds this. me of the uh, reminds me of uh, the the start of season two of The Sopranos, where uh, uh, there's a Chinese kid in there taking Christopher Moltisanti's real estate exam for him. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly like that. Oh, you gotta love it. I mean, I think anytime you can kick the champions, uh, kick the champions around, and they have a role in this, uh, you know, at least to some degree, uh, you got to do it, you know, because yeah. it's it's few and far between. Because you know what they presented on the pitch, uh, you really can't laugh at. So yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good. But yep. we'll get to that. Yep, we'll get to that. So, man, oh, chat. What did you guys think of the Suarez uh, situation? Maybe Suarez didn't want to meet Chiellini, meet Chiellini <laughs> again. I don't think Chiellini wants to meet Suarez again. I think it's yeah. the other way around. It's, Unless he's gonna I mean, get a kick in the head by Chiellini, I don't know. I think Chiellini just got the meat back on his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> so that's after, why he's been out this whole time. After that incident in 2014, so who knows? Uh, that that's a, that was the one question I was asking myself if Suarez was going to go to Juventus. How was that relationship going to work out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? oh, my. oh my! So, but we had uh, we had seven games to to get the season underway, Richard. Um, you know, a handful of teams uh, just didn't get started, I, and I don't, I, I never caught the reasons for that. But you had Atalanta and Inter, and um, some big teams. Spezia didn't play, Benevento didn't play, uh, Udinese didn't play, and Lazio. who? 
Lazio. Was it Lazio? It was Lazio. Okay. Lazio Atalanta were the first game. Okay. All right. So those teams didn't play in the first week. So we got seven games in and uh Let's see. Uh, Rock was telling us the University of Perugia is Italy's foremost university for foreigners. That's why Suarez went there. Suarez chews Italian really well, mainly Chiellini's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Drink every time there's a Suarez and Chiellini reference. There you go. I like that. There we go. <laughs> I think that's what our podcast could end up turning into. But let's get into the games and what went down uh, at the weekend. So the curtain was raised with Fiorentina taking on Torino. That ended in a 1-0 win. Uh, Gaetano Castrovilli, a lot of people really high on him this season, and he opens the scoring for the Serie A season, assisted by Federico Chiesa, uh, getting Beppe Iacchini's men off the board. Balanced game. Um uh, you know, in terms of possession, but Fiorentina clearly with the chances in this one, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, dominating the shots, dominating the chances, maybe, uh, you know, deserved a second or third in this, but open with the 1 0 win. Uh, and then there's Hellas Verona versus Roma. What which, a game, huh? Yeah, fantastic <laughs> dominant display by Hellas Verona, winning by three goals to nil. And I have no earthly clue who scored the goals. It actually was a nil nil draw. Um, that just today it was announced uh, that there was an administrative error with Roma's roster that, as a result, Hellas Verona is awarded a 3-0 win. Here's what happened. Uh, Amadou Diawara was on the squad list for Roma and was listed as a under as an under-22 player. He's 23. And apparently there's special rules in place for this kind of idiocy uh, where if you botch the roster like this, you automatically take a 3-0 forfeit defeat uh, to Hellas Verona. So three brilliant goals that are all goal of the week candidates um, <laughs> just because of the ineptitude of oh Pantaleo, uh, Pantaleo Longo, who I might add uh, is out of a job at Roma and just got hired by Hellas Verona. <laughs> You can't write this stuff up. It's 2020, everybody. You can't make it up. Who who won Calcio Twitter uh, nominee right there, front and center? Yeah, yeah. Oh my so, um, but I mean, I I picked Roma to finish eighth, and you know, with this result, they're, they're, they're helping me out. They're helping me out off the pitch. Yeah, I, I will say this about the actual game that was played. Uh, I thought, you know, they're certainly missing a killer instinct, a striker up top. Obviously, Jekyll didn't play because there's, there's rumors that he's going to Juventus. Uh, and obviously, our Cody Schmilk is not there. He's in Napoli. Uh, I thought the midfield played fairly well. I, I like the movement with all the players there. Pedro is a new man there with with uh, uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan as a false nine. And Jordan Vera, too, played very well. Uh, so I thought the midfield played, you know, played decent enough. It just didn't have a, a killer instinct, a killer finisher. Uh, and and now we know. Regardless, you know, you know Amadou Diawara played as well, and he played well as too. He played too. I uh, played well too, I should say. Uh, but even if they did win that game, they would have had to forfeit. So um, that is what it is. But yeah, I the lack of a striker. Okay, um, the issue here that I have. Um, imagine if one that one point ends up costing them a European spot at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Exactly. I mean, just that just that level of ineptitude. Uh, Hellas Verona finally back at the top of the league, first time since 1986. Well done, boys. Frame it. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't. <laughs> it won't last long. Yeah, well done. Um, you know, 
Obviously, the lack of I mean, a striker like an Aiden Jekyll that probably would have and could have scored. But, I mean, still, they, they had 21 shots. They had four on target. They dominated the possession in this game. This was typical of what you see, you know, when Hellas Verona bring a a team um, to the Bentagoti. Uh, yep. And Ivan Juric is going to grind it out. He's going to let you have the ball. They're going to hope to hit you on the break. So, you know, even with all of the departures that Hellas Verona had, they still are carrying out what they want to do and got out of there with a nil-nil actually, you know, as we knew it back on Saturday. So, yeah. and, you know, you lose guys like Kumbula, um, you know, but you've got Gunter uh, back there who was pretty impressive. Uh, Silvestri obviously with some key saves. Faraone yeah. is still there, um, yes. you know, working his way down the flank. The pieces are still there. Federico DeMarco now on the left side. Um you know, prevent, you know, presenting some, you know, ability to get forward and provide some crosses. So, uh, you know, there's some pieces still there for this Hellas Verona. We thought that they were going to be in for a drop-off, but fundamentally and characteristically, not a whole lot different to what they're doing, and that's probably going to serve them well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what uh, Ivan Juric is doing there, uh, discipline-wise, defensively, you know, they, they're they not going to give up too many opportunities. The reason why they had one of the better defenses of the, in the league last year, especially in maybe the first half before the coronavirus stuff, um, they were very sound defensively. You know, they don't yeah. have any superstars. I mean, we got, you know, uh, Kabula and some other guys that, you know, emerge from this. But as uh, long as you're tactically astute, I think, you know, you're going to be able to uh, keep the score low, and that's what Hellas Verona is going to bank. Uh, Hellas Verona, excuse me, is going to bank on, and I think we're going to see more of that this year. Uh, maybe it's not going to be a surprise like it was last year, and more teams will be more prepared. But I, it's still going to be a difficult way, difficult place to go and a team to play against, uh, no matter what. Um, let's jump back to the Fiorentina Torino game before we go into the Sunday games. Um, okay. Real quickly, uh, we, we're going to, you know, we can make fun of Roma throughout this entire podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> And I got a Lazio jersey on tonight, so it kind of works for me. Yeah, the poor bastards have been through enough already. It's been a rough day if you're a, a, a Romanisti. Uh, but I look at uh, Fiorentina. Cristiano Baraghi is back in his comfort zone, you know, playing as a left wing back for Fiorentina's side that doesn't care if he doesn't track back and can stay forward and can bomb in some. He had 13 crosses in this game. Um, you know, and you got Frank Ribery and Christian Kwame who started up front. Fe but Federico Chiesa is a right wing back in a three-five-two. Um, yeah, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time with this. This can't be something that they can sustain long term. Uh, I I have an issue with this. I think that this is a waste of his talent. Oh, it, it absolutely is. Um, I mean, obviously he's not he's not doing good enough. Maybe at, at the right wing spot, or they just have so much you know options up top that they want to have him on the pitch no matter what, and that's where you're going to put him like a Florenzi role. Uh, but yeah, that's not it's not a place where he's gonna excel. I, I'm curious to see how he would do, like in maybe like an attacking midfielder role, not, not necessarily on the wings, but in the middle somewhere. Maybe give him some some uh, acreage to run at defenders and, and distribute that way. Who knows? But uh, right wing back is certainly not a position that uh, I hope to see him too much this season because uh, he's got far too much talent and uh, it's gonna hurt his chances with the Azzurri if he continues that position. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's hard to be a, a right wing back for your club and then you know, be expected to play on the right side of a, of a three man front, yeah. uh, you know, for your, for your national team, it's, it's going to be hard to adjust. It's why I said, you know, during the nation's league match that he did play. And then I said, he's just not a fit for, for Mancini's system. And we should stop trying to jam him in there and yeah. play somebody that like a Berardi, um, that, you know, is more of a fit functionally makes more sense. Uh, so, you know, it's what it is. I mean, and then Giampaolo, 
uh, we know it's going to be Belotti and Zaza in, in attack. Uh, he goes with Berenguer and his Trequatista in his, in his preferred 4-3-1-2 system. Um, you know, they don't get any points out of this game, but, you know, early thoughts on what you thought of Giampaolo's team. I mean, this is what we're going to expect. It feels like this team, you know, the lineup that he put out there definitely fits what he wants to do and how he wants to play. Yes. I prefer Simone Verde to Berenguer. Uh, but yeah. I, I like the man midfield of Linetti, Rincon, and Mete. I do too, and I and I think you need to have Berenguer out there because he he is that kind of good of a player. I thought last year he had a really good season. Um, and yeah, I, I was I was impressed that because you know Torino didn't give up a bunch of goals last year. They just kept giving goals after goals, and the year before that they were so stout defensively. And so you're like, what's going to give? Are they are they really weak defensively? Or are they strong? And they looked pretty strong in this game. Um, like you said, Fiorentina had you know more of the chances, but they didn't give up anything. Uh, or they gave us one goal. So, you know, hopefully that's, you know, once they get their legs under them, they get used to the system, you'll start seeing more goals, uh, more what we expected from Giampaolo when he went to Milan. Um, and you know, hopefully this is a bounce back year for Torino because they're too good, ta- they're too much talent on this team for them to be at the, you know, fighting for relegation. Um, they, they should be fighting for Europe, European spots. And uh, with the players like Belotti, you know, this is going to be a big year for him to try to get, you know, into the national team, really get into rhythm as we get closer to Euros. So, uh, I, I, I do expect this Torino team to be a lot more competent this year, especially defensively, but also offensively, get more goals, get some help for Belotti because he can't do it all. Right. And uh, six shots against this Fiorentina side. That is actually pretty solid defensively. Nikola Milenkovic is being talked up, yep. you know, week in, week out is, is the next big thing as far as defenders. There were some dis- possible discussions that Milan could snatch him. I don't know uh, if they'll be able to meet what Fiorentina is going to be asking for. Um, total speculation. I didn't see anything from uh, um, from our friend Francesco or from uh, Fab- uh, from Fabrizio. So uh, I'm dismissing it until they at least start talking about it. But um, yeah. it's uh, y- you know, there's that. There's um, uh, th- th- I think the the, the center backs Bramer and and, and Kolo are fine. Sidigu's fine. Um, you know, it's so we've seen him. Um, uh, deployed as a right fullback, uh, you know, in, in we've even seen him do it for the national team. Uh, so there's there's that going for them. Um, but realistically, even with as as tight as Fiorentina play and as as you know with what they've got, uh, you know, in terms of getting behind the ball and in terms of defending, um, they should be creating more than six chances in a game uh, with the forwards that they've gotten with some of the players that they've got in place. So hopefully this is kind of one of those work in progress kind of games for Torino and that they work their way up. Uh, Zio uh, saying Verona assigned an, administ- assigned an administrative win, as we mentioned. The last famous administrative win was Atalanta Napoli. The Partenope were assigned a 2-0 win uh, because Alamayo was hit by a coin thrown by the crowd. So And they won their second Scudetto because of that. Or help them. Yeah. Help them. Then they On their won. way to winning their second Scudetto. Yes, indeed, indeed. Good find. Uh, good find, Zio. Uh, so, um, so what's happened? At least administrative wins have been handed out before. So, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, so we'll see how much this really, how much that really punishes Roma. On to Sunday's games, and if uh, you woke up early enough, you saw Parma taking on Napoli at the Tardini. Nil-nil uh, in the uh, first half of this one. Um, yeah. Napoli with. All of the possession, not really carving anything dangerous on goal. Sepe wasn't troubled. Uh, and then second half, it was enter Osiman. Um, and uh, all of the Partenope completely lost their shit. Wow. Um, 
<laughs> I think I think all the neutral viewers lost their shit as well because as soon as he came on, it was an instant impact. And I mean, I started I was glued to the TV. I was like, "What is he gonna do next?" Because he was contributing to everything offensively, and there's running through him. It seemed like, and I mean, what a, what an impact for your debut. The impact the impact was there. It was definitely felt. And um, you know, uh, Lozano tried to fig find him on a cross. Uh, only got headed down as far as Dries Mertens. If you're not going to head a ball high and wide, if you're going to head a ball low and central, you're going to get punished. And that's exactly, especially when it's in the path of a goal scorer like Dries Mertens. And that's what happened. Uh, one nil to Napoli. Um, Napoli continued to put the pressure on. And then it was Lorenzo Insigne putting the game away. Uh, two nil uh, to the Partenope. Um, making a lot of people who had Napoli down uh, this year. I had him sixth. Uh, you know, in my preseason predictions, you know, maybe rethinking things a little bit, but here's my devil's advocate take. And this is what I said. This is what I said shortly after the game on Sunday. Yeah. I'm impressed with Ossiman. I was impressed with the big, with his beginning, but let's remember who's managing Parma now, Fabio Liverani. Let's remember what he did at Lecce last season. Defending was completely optional for most of the season. (laughs) It's scattered. It's unorganized and it's free. You know, it's one thing to have that kind of impact that early. Okay. It's another thing. Can you handle when teams have now seen it and are going to adjust? Because there are some very smart teams in this league. There are some very organized teams in this league that are going to have a look at this and say, all right, here's Osman's movements. Here's what Insigne does as a result. Here's what Mertens does as a result. Here's how it all kind of works around him. Let's make sure that we have ourselves organized, that we don't give a whole lot of things away. I'm waiting to see how it looks when a team plays with more compactness against these guys. I, I don't want to just jump on this Napoli bandwagon right off the bat. And I love our Napoli supporters. They're amazing. But I, I'm just trying to say, guys, it was fun to watch. But this is a 38-game season, and they're going to have a lot of things thrown at them, especially Osman is going to have a lot of things thrown at them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, we just look back to last year, Lozano, then he scored in his first game with uh, with Napoli and then just disappeared the rest of the season. I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I, I think, you know, with, with Osman, you know, he is a very special talent, and I think they're going to use him, use his pace, use his size uh, to their advantage for sure because they need the size. Because <laughs> other than Koulibaly, uh, you know, and uh, – uh, some of their defenders they got. Who do they have for size? They don't have much. But um, yeah, I, I like what I saw. I like he was instant impact. Uh, as I think Matteo Bonetti pointed out during the telecast, you know, it's a classic Italian thing to you know your big big money player that you bring in. You don't start him. You bring him off the bench. You know, uh, to, to to get a standing ovation. You know, so to say. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Uh, I don't want to put you know, all the eggs in the basket and all of a sudden change my my predictions with Napoli. Um, there are a lot of good teams ahead of them. Uh, yep. they're, they're a good team as well. Uh, I want to see how they do against the bigger opponents, uh, how, yep. they, how they combat the offense from <clears> other teams. I want to see how everybody reacts to Atalanta and you know Juventus and New York Juventus. Um, it's going to be interesting. They're going to be in the mix for sure. Uh, they're going to, you know, the way Gattuso has these teams uh, prepared and the way they play, it's going to be tough for everybody, no matter what, no matter who it is. Uh, and now they got this little, you know, uh, extra caveat with uh, Osiman with the potential of having some goals in there or assists. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch them. And I'm like, like you, I'm gonna wait and see. And before I really, you know, throw my money all down on them, uh, but a good start for them for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like, I like what I saw. I mean, early on, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, but can you sustain that over a 38 game season? And we're talking about somebody that's new to Serie A. 
So uh, good evening, Sabrina. Glad you could join us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, somebody that's new to Serie A, uh, you know, that's coming over from another league. And we had these conversations about, you know, being able to adapt. Romelu Lukaku is an exception to the norm where he came in and scored 20 plus goals in his first season. Strikers that come over from other leagues tend to struggle. Um, it's an early the early returns are positive, but it's been one game. It's against a team that's going to be very loose defensively. Um, we're going to probably see this be the norm with Parma as the season goes on under Liverani because that's how he plays. That's how he sets up. Um, you know, I want to see Napoli do this to a, you know, against a team that's going to now know that it's coming and, and be prepared for it. Since we're talking about Napoli, um, Iguain's first year, did he get 36 his first year with Napoli or is it his second year? I can't remember. I want to say second. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't remember, but uh, I knew yeah. he had maybe he was like nineteen the first year. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to come into the league and, and score a boatload of goals, and Lukaku was Lukaku was certainly an exception of that. Well, here's how messed up 2020 is, Richard. <laughs> Genoa won a game four one. Yeah. Okay. And here's how further messed up 2020 is. Mattia Destro scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who scored a second goal? Uh, and 75-year-old Goran Pandev coming in and getting the second goal. You just wanted me to say that. I did. So, uh, And then uh, they, uh, they answer back, uh, Corotone answers back, Emmanuel Riviere uh, getting a nice little near-post run and, and tuck in yeah. there on a cross from Molina uh, to get within 2-1. Davide Zappacosta getting on the score sheet coming over. Um, he's, coming, he's, over for, he's over from Roma, right? And was that a loan or is that permanent? Uh, I'm not positive on that. I feel like it's Chad, alone. if you know that, Chad, if you know that, help me out. Um, that's one that slipped under my uh, slipped under my fingers. But Davide Zappacosta gets on the score sheet, making it three-one to Genoa at halftime, uh, and then it was Marco Piazza scoring a fourth on an assist from Paolo Giglione. Uh, Genoa looked very impressive. Crotone. And, and 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 really, this game was balanced uh, in terms of possession and chances. Genoa scored theirs. Uh, you know, Crotone certainly have some adjusting to do defensively. Um, you're not going to uh, with Alex Cordaz in goal, and then a back three of Lisandro Magallan, uh, Luca Maroni, and Vladimir Golimic. It's um, that that doesn't scare me. Uh, so. Um, going to be a long road ahead for Crotone if they're uh, they're sh- they're allowing Genoa to ship in four. It makes me second guess my uh, my my predictions uh, from the preview show because uh, uh, I had Genoa getting you know relegated and I had Crotone. They played Crotone. Up. They played a team that you're sending down, or did you? Yeah. No, you're keeping Crotone up. I was keeping Crotone up, so that's what really makes me look bad. You're I too think attached, you're I too think, attached to that jersey. I am, and I, I think <laughs> I think the uh, Genoa club just happened to watch our listen to our podcast or watch our podcast, and we're just fired up, and we fired them up to a four-one win. That's how I'm taking it. Yep. Um, Sabrina says, "Looks like it's a loan for Zapacosta." She thinks for one for year. for one year. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Um, Destro being their man up front is just not sustainable. Um, <laughs> neither is Pandev, uh, but. Yeah. You know, when you look what's behind him, Milan Bedell is a useful and experienced player in this league that can yep. that that can protect the defense. Um, you know, Lerer is a guy that's been around a little bit. I think Zayic came over. I want to say, did he come over from Empoli or Brescia? Uh, but you got Zabacosta there on the left on loan. Yeah, and then uh, uh, you know, Patton's still in goal. Um, Patton cut his hair. Did you see that? Yeah, he cut his hair before me. I didn't think that was going to happen. Oh. Yeah, so he's uh, yeah, so he he gave up. I think that he couldn't compete with your hair, so he just decided to cut his. So, 
Yeah. Um, and uh, Eduardo Goldanaga had a good game here for Genoa, which we don't say that very often about Eduardo Goldanaga, but yeah. but there you go. Um, and uh, you look at Crotone, it's, it's typical of a team that just got promoted. It needs to find its way into this league a little bit. You've got Luca Cigarini sitting there in the middle, midfield who probably doesn't know what he got himself into. I don't think Cagliari wanted to keep him around, so he had to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to do anything in that game. Yep. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bob Lex, Destro scoring. I'm waiting for an asteroid to hit us now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, we're not ruling anything out this year, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, that might very well happen. <laughs> so oh my goodness. Well, let's that, see if let's see if Genoa can continue this momentum in the next game. Uh it's gonna be a difficult season. I still I'm gonna hold to that. Uh but yeah, nice way to get the season off to the right start for them. They need it. And Crotone uh next play Milan. Um Ooh. so it doesn't get any better for them. Uh Sassuolo and Cagliari. Sassuolo a team we're very high on here on City. I sit down. I have them finishing, I predicted them to finish seventh. Uh Cagliari managed by Eusebio Di Francesco, expecting a bounce back for both Cagliari and for Di Francesco's career. Yep. Uh so a, a good game, too, uh, between these two teams. It ended 1-1. Uh Giovanni Simeone getting on the score sheet uh from Joao Pedro in the 77th minute. Uh Manny Burabia with a goal of the week candidate, free kick three minutes from time. Uh, a game that uh, it's Sassuolo. They're going to shoot. And they shot 33 times um, with nine on target. So Cranio having an amazing game yet again. Boy, Alessio Cranio is just. He's a good keeper. He's a good he's keeper. So, and he's under, a, you know, he's so Very. under. You're talking, well, look, you're talking about a league that has Gianluigi Donnarumma as Sami Handanovic, coach is good. You know, Juan Musa was our goalkeeper of the season last year. This is a very good league for goalkeepers, and yeah. it's amazing how little Alessio Cranio is spoken about uh, when you talk about top goalkeepers in this league. And he's usually the third keeper for the Azzurri. I mean, he is that good of a, a keeper. Um, and it's it's not like this is a, a new person on the radar. He's been doing it for the last couple of seasons, um, and he's getting a lot of experience with getting faces, facing shots every game. So um you know good for him uh, he's keeping it up and i think you know it wasn't i don't know if it was last year or the year before uh you know as soon as he got injured golly really got you know started uh started struggling mightily without him so um it might have been last year actually so uh yeah no he, he's a very solid keeper very underrated uh i highly rate this goalkeeper and, and um i think he's certainly gonna be part of mancini's plans going forward for euros um you had the combination of Chiriches and Ferrari playing in that center of defense for yeah. uh, for Sassuolo. That looks that looks good to me. Uh, Manuel Locatelli is going to be a beast this year. Yeah. I think that I mean he made some progress last season. I think this season he's going to take an even bigger step forward. I hope he does, um, and I hope he does. It's 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 good for him. It, it boy, it'll give Mancini another thing to <laughs> think about with with the, with the depth of midfield that is all of a sudden turned up uh, with the Azzurri. Um, but he had another tremendous game. I'll run through Manuel Locatelli's statistics for you. Um, 101 accurate passes for an 87.8% rate passer, pass completion percentage if people are into that. But from that deep midfield position, created two chances, two crosses, got a shot on target, one off target, three blocked, was fouled twice, uh, one interception, three tackles, and even uh, – dribbled past people twice. So, I mean, I think that you're seeing with, with Locatelli, you're seeing an all-around game. You're seeing a guy that covers a ton of ground. And when you've got a guy like that, the the three men attacking midfield in front of them 
in front of them has such an easier job to just be the playmakers that they are when you're talking about Berardi, Juricic, yeah. and Haraslin. Um, I mean, it's a pity that they didn't come away with three points. They certainly deserved it, and I think that speaks to Kranjo's performance. But the, what we saw with Sassuolo in this game on, on Sunday is indicative of why we're so high on them. Absolutely. And, you know, another year under the Zerbi system, um, you know, you really think all the players are going to blossom even more, especially Locatelli. Uh, if, like you said, if he does the role that he that he can do, he's capable of doing. Uh, it's going to free up the guys in the attack, and uh, we thought that they scored a lot and, and, and played so beautifully last year. I mean, now it's going to free them up even more. Uh, it's as well, you know, and they also figured out how to play defense, you know, at the end of the last year. So uh, this could be a team, like you said, you know, you, you're, you we're both rate, rating them pretty high. I had him finishing eighth. You finished. You had him finishing seventh. Uh, they're going to give a lot of teams headaches, and uh, I, I'm excited to see what this team can do and what these youngsters can do. Um, they kept the players, they kept the, the necessary players, they added a couple. Uh, they're going to be fun. Not just fun, bad, but they're going to be fun this year. They're going to be fun. Uh, they're going to be fun, and I'm not, as a Milan supporter, I'm certainly not looking forward to playing them. I know, um, and I know Inter's sweating as well, so. Yeah, Inter has always got, Inter always has problems with them. Um, <laughs> so, um, on to the champs. Uh, and boy, did they start the season off in style against Sampdoria. They win yeah. 3-0. Um, they get eight shots on target to just one for Sampdoria. They had possession for two-thirds of the game. They completed 90% of their passes uh, throughout the game. Welcome, Andrea Pirlo. Welcome to Serie A football. Who said this team is untrainable? Uh, the, the manager before him did. Um, <laughs> goal of the week candidate, and this is my goal of the week. What a way to make your debut for the old lady. Dejan Kulishevsky on an assist from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, curling finish for him. Um, Uncle Sharma is going to sleep already, Richard. These inter guys, they can't hang. Um, <laughs> you act like you're in the UK or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dejan Kulishevsky, uh, th this is the goal of the week. Curling ball in uh, from, you know, uh, from Cristiano Ronaldo. 1-0 uh, there. Uh, Leonardo Bonucci getting on the score sheet in the 78th minute. And then Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, getting his first goal of the 2020-2021 campaign uh, to seal the deal. There's lots to unpack with this Juve team in this performance. And let's start with the lineup, the starting lineup in this one. It was it had a lot of people like scratching their heads. I mean, they're saying what kind of balls uh, Pirlo has. You know, Frabota starting at left back, McKenny starting in the midfield. You know, with Rabio, we all knew Kulisevsky was going to start. Uh, Quadrado obviously playing right wing back. Um, ballsy choice by him, and it paid off. I'm a huge fan of this 3-5. I'm a huge fan of this lineup. I'm a yeah. huge fan of Kulishevsky and Ronaldo up front. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, For me, and I know that they're spending a decent amount of money for him, but Alvaro Morata better be a off-the-bench 60th-minute substitute that's a striker that they're at a stage in the game where they've got to get somebody in the box and get balls delivered into them. Because I love the dynamism of what Kulishevsky, we talked about this on our preview pod, we talked about this on Calcio Connection. Love the dynamics that these two guys can bring because it's going to be so unpredictable what they're going to be doing going forward. Yeah. Uh, and then this, and then they're going to drag runners, and that's going to open Ramsey up. And that's going to allow – McKenny got in – how many times did McKenny get in the box? We haven't even gotten to McKenny either with his debut for the old for Juve. He was, he was incredible. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, your point for Bota starting um, – you know, he on the left, well. he did well. Yeah, yeah, he was he was very good, having confidence in a young player and putting him in right off the bat. Danilo on the right side of a back three, 
you know, Quadrado, it looks a little bit more natural now uh, rather mm-hmm. than being a fullback. He's playing a little bit more, just a little bit more advanced. Um, you know, this is this, more sorry ball than what we saw at all last year. This team is scary. And this is yeah. this is why I think they'll win this league by eight to ten points. I was very impressed with what I saw out there. Uh, obviously, you know, Kulisevsky brought what he did to Parma last year. You could see it in the in the match, the change of pace, the freaking finishing ability on that goal. Um, and then, you know, having the youngster like Frabota, having the confidence in him, and then he pays pays you back by having a pretty decent game himself. Uh, this team is uh they played well. And, and yeah, it's the first game against Sampdoria. They were they struggled last year, but uh I like what I saw. Uh, Weston McKinney brought everything that I thought he was going to bring to the match. And you were talking about, you know, passing percentage. I think he had a 90% passing percentage as well. He brought that grit, that tiger in the midfield that they really needed, that bite. And I and I saw one of the Juventini, and I forget who it was. They said, you know, Kulisevsky and McKinney better start every game after what they saw. And I, I agree with them. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they can keep it up for the, you know, the whole season, but, man, they both brought it. But let's play devil's advocate. Sampdoria stinks. It's Sampdoria. It's Sampdoria. Sampdoria stinks. Yeah. Um, but- We'll see. I mean, they got off 15 shots and they only but only one on target. Um, uh, you know, let's see. So, yeah, we'll get to Rocco's question here in a minute. Um, uh, but th- they stink. But the pieces are decent. It's just, it's not. It doesn't work together. I mean, Depauli is is going to be is going to be all right for him. He can tend to be a nuisance when he's on his game. Morton Thorsby is an improving midfield player. He had a, he actually was pretty solid in this one. Yeah, you know, but Bonazzoli is not a a threat in the sense that Gabbiadini or Quagliarella are. Um, I think that Ranieri had the right idea with his tactics, but I think at the end of the day, this is a team that was just overwhelmed uh, when it comes to playing Juventus. They're in survival. Sampdoria is in survival mode this season. Um, and this is three points that they could not have had a prayer of expecting to get. They just are going to have to have it together when they're playing the the teams that are going to be around them this season. I think so. It's going to be difficult for them uh, going forward to um, mount any kind of serious threat to any of these the, the top half teams. Uh, you know, we saw what what happened against Juventus. They're not going to get blown out by any measure, and and this game probably you could label as a blow in in a sense, but. Uh, they don't have the quality. They don't, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stars, or their one, their main star is is aging. He's you know forty years old now almost. Um, he's not going to get it done. Uh, and you know, the cast around them, they're okay. They don't have, they have no depth on that team. While I love Bonatoli and some of the other guys on that team, they're simply not good enough. Uh, and I think, like you said, you know, maybe they should just you know put all their chips in when they play against these these you know bottom five teams and really try to get all the wins they can out of those games because. Uh, uh, t- playing teams in like in the top six, top seven, it's going to be a point alone. It's going to be hard to come by, let alone three. So uh, they need to just really, uh, you know, save face in those games and then really go all at it for those games against Genoa, Crotone, and, and so on and so forth. So it's going to sure. be hard. long season. Sure. Uh, Rocco, Richard, I want your opinion on your boy, McKenney. Well, R- Rocco, watch what happened between Byron and Schalke on Friday to, to, to find out how good McKenney is. I'm sorry to keep bringing that up. Richard. Yeah, no, no, you know um, what? <laughs> McKinney, McKinney is, uh, he was missed for Schalke for sure. But, you know, I, what I saw from Schalke, uh, I was wondering how he would do against, uh, with better quality uh, teammates around him. And boy, did he deliver, in my opinion. I thought he had an excellent game in this one. He did not look like he was you know, out, you know, out of step or anything. He linked, linked up very well with, with players around him. 
uh, found Ronaldo a lot. He kept look, they kept showing pictures of him looking lovingly at Ronaldo all the time. I guess I would too, you know, if uh, if I get to play with him. But uh, the touches he had, I mean, his reaction time was quick. He never kept the ball for more than like a couple seconds. I mean, he knew where he wanted to go before he got the ball. Uh, I don't I don't think I saw him turn over the ball once. I think one time he did, and he ended up getting it back. Uh, he was all over the pitch and uh, defensively, uh, he was aggressive on the ball. Anytime they didn't have the ball, he he was one of the first guys on it. Uh, I was impressed with his game. Uh, can he keep it up? We'll see. Uh, but you know, one thing you're going to get game in and game out is that you know that 100 heart, and uh, you know that's what the Juventus midfield need and they needed for the last couple of years. And uh, we'll see how he does in the bigger games for sure. Uh, just like we said with Napoli, uh, when they start playing stiffer opponents, let's see how he does. But uh, I was I was certainly impressed, and I know a lot of people were impressed. You look on, look online uh, during the game or just after the game, and I mean everybody's raving about him, and uh, for good reason. You got a long way to go before you even talk about putting this midfield on par with the 2015 midfield, but yeah, oh, yeah. and I don't I think mean, it'll a long, be a long, long way to go. Uh, but it's I think it's you know it, it's a start. I don't want to get ahead of myself because it, 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 I'll be hypocritical because I just got done talking about, you know, Napoli, it's one game, chill out. Yep. You know, but I can't help but think that I'm already believing that this this Juve midfield is better than any midfield they've had in the last two to three years. Um, but I wonder, how, I wonder how Arthur is going to fit into this. I mean, we we know, right. you know, on paper the skill set he has, but can he mesh up with the rest of the guys? And, that, and that's what we were curious about McKinney, and, and so far it looks like he's he's fine. Uh, I think Arthur will be fine as well, but you never know until you actually see the product on the pitch. And, um, you know, if he does well, it's it's a very strong midfield. We didn't even, you know, and seeing Bentancur out there as well and Dabala when he gets out there. I mean, there's some key pieces that were not there in that game. They still sure. impressive. Signora Pirlo, please. Don't try to jam Morata into this team. Please don't, <laughs> don't, don't. I want to, I, you know, this looked, this, this looks very hard for teams to figure out. Um, Morata is a central striker where he's going to be much more predictable to deal with. So, you know, this is, this has the makings of a Juve team that could be as exciting as, you know, we're talking about Juve being exciting. We're not talking about Juve being resourceful and, you know, professional and efficient and workmanlike getting to, you know, one nil and two will two nil wins. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And again, you know, good teams have, good teams have seen it now. Good teams will figure out what to do differently and how will Juve adjust to that? How will Pirlo with his inexperience as manager adjust to that? Yep. But exactly. with what we saw performance wise from this team is why I think they'll win this title by eight to 10 points. So, uh, and then Monday it wrapped up with Milan and Bologna, a 2-0 win for the Rossoneri, Zlatan on the double, um, and top of the Capocannonieri race at the moment, right? You think he's the only one that came away with two? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Um, yeah, so... Um, Milan in control of this game. Uh, you know, Bologna came out. They were they were good here in the first ten minutes. Um, put Milan under some pressure. Asked some questions, and then Milan started get into getting into the flow of the game a little bit. Wonderful cross from Teo for for Zlatan's goal, uh, and then the penalty uh, rightfully called there with Benacer brought down in the penalty area. Uh, so Zlatan gets the penalty, and then Pioli making the comments after the game saying. You know, we we somewhat stopped playing after that second goal, and it made it dangerous because Bologna nearly got back into it, and they nearly did. Uh, and then Dykes getting the second yellow, getting sent off, somewhat killed the game. I think Bologna were still trying to figure out how they could work their way back in it with one man down, but 
um, that made the task a little bit easier for Milan to close the game out and go away with a 2-0 win. Donnarumma made some key saves in this game. Um, I would say, and I said this on Twitter, this is a, an, an efficient win for Milan. This is a, a this is with a team like Bologna, it's a team that you really do have to take a cautious approach. You can't sell out, uh, you know, to beat them because they've got such quality uh, going forward between Barrow and and Orsolini and and Palacio got the start in the striker position. So, you know, I found it to be a very professional performance for Milan. I thought that they still had their hiccups. There's some issues. Castileo was terrible, um, you know, and and was rightfully substituted. Salamakers was was a little bit better when he came on. Um, but I think the guys I want to highlight is maybe some of these unsung guys like da- Davide Calabria, who has had to you know, work his way back and, and, and work and, and has had to earn his place as a right back. And we talked about right, right back not being a position that Milan addressed with quality. They did it with quantity. Calabria and Conti hoping they get better. Kalulu coming into this picture somehow. Um, but I'm also going to give high marks to Matteo Gabbia. Um, I thought that he turned in a pretty professional performance as well. Um you know, I thought that uh, uh, I thought that uh, Kessie was solid too, um, and, and you know, and I think that Ante Rebic's second half was better than his first. But a Milan team that put in a professional performance in beating Bologna on Monday. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. It was definitely definitely a professional performance. Uh, I wasn't, maybe just me being more of a stickler with them, you know, supporting them, but. Uh, you know the defense looks shaky at times. I, I think Kiar is. I'm glad we have him back there because he's really the the rock behind there. And you saw when he went off and and Duarte came on, it looked like Bologna was going to score immediately. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I thought like you said, you were talking about uh, Calabria. I thought he was man of the match for me. Uh, and and you know, to quote Martino Puccio, you know, he even mentioned it uh, on Twitter. You know, everyone knew that Musabaro was the guy that was going to be the danger man for them because you know he's got pace, he's got he's got the the, the tricky moves, and he can finish. Uh, Calabria shut him down all match. Uh, and the highlight that I think Martino showed in, in that tweet, I mean, she kept shooting, shutting him down left and right. And his touches were excellent in that game. Um, so I really liked him uh, for sure. Uh, I agree about Castillejo. He was he was uh, pretty poor in that game. And many people were screaming for him to come off. And many people wanted, you know, Tonali to come on. But uh, it was Salamakers. And Salamakers did okay. Uh, Rebic and Zlatan do their thing. Uh, it was nice to see Brahim and, and Tonali come off, you know, come on for just a few minutes. But I, I agree that you know Kessie was probably was probably you know one of the better players in that game, along with Donnarumma um, and and Teo Hernandez. You know, at times he was shaky defensively, but offensively, I mean, that cross that he had into Zlatan for the first goal, uh, what a what a precision yeah. pass there by him. So um, overall, decent performance. Yeah. Um, you know, if I gave him a you know ranking out of you know five, one out of ten. I would probably give that game, you know, probably seven of them. It was, it was decent. Um, yeah. Um, and and like like we did, we said with Napoli and Juventus, I want to see how they play against the big, the bigger teams, because um, we we're all wondering what Pioli is going to do this year with now the, the added pressure of, okay, you did that in the second half last year. Let's see if you can get in the Champions League this year. So, well, you know what you're going to get with Bologna. I mean, they're pesky. Uh, you know, Mihailovic is going to set up to give you fits. I mean, he's going to have them work, uh, you know, incredibly hard. And they, like I said, they've got enough creativity going forward. Uh, I think that, you know, and a lot of people on Twitter were raving about him. There's He's got a very impressive defender in Tomiyasu uh, back there. And I think that I, like uh, I was impressed with Scouten also in midfield, uh, you know, recovered some balls, uh, you know, started some started some attacks and things like that. I think that his 
His work rate was really good in this game. I thought that he was maybe one of the better players for Bologna in this match. I'd probably say those two were the better players in Bologna's setup, but you know, you know what you're going to get with them. It's it's Orsolini who's going to give you a lot of the creativity. Um, you've got Barrow who's capable of scoring goals. I I think Palacio starting up front maybe did Milan a favor. Yeah. Um, you know, this stage in his career, I just don't think, you know, he's the guy I'd use. I mean, I'm still a fan of for as long as you can do it. A, if you're going to play this 4-2-3-1 at Bologna, it's got to be Sansoni, Soriano, and Orsolini, and Barrow's got to lead the line. Um, he went a little bit different in this game. He played Barrow off to the left, and you know maybe because he thought that he could exploit Calabria, and Calabria had that man-of-the-match performance, as you said. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, you know that's I think that's what you go with, and you know, it was it's it's surprising to me. Um, that he he chose to go that path instead. Lorenzo De Silvestri uh, on the right side of his four three three. Now uh, he's in the fold there at Bologna. I, I, he's he's much better as a wing back in a three three man in front of a three man defense. Um, so we'll see how that works out a little bit. I mean, I thought he was average in this game. Nothing nothing jaw dropping. Uh, he had his issues maybe dealing with tail going forward. Uh, but you know, I think that Bologna was what they are. Um, you know. I, I think you know. I think the player that stood out for me, and it was probably you know uh, contribute to what Pioli said, is that the Milan stopped playing. But I thought you know Svanberg when he came in, uh, Skov Olsen, Sansone, those players really you know uh, gave more uh, Bologna more of an attacking, uh, a difficult sense to, to defend against uh, when they were out there together. It was of course late in the game, but I thought they played quite well. And you know, not having Musa Juada you know start the game or play playing the game at all. That was yeah. head scratching to me because I, you know, we were so high on him last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a youngster. I get it, but you know, he's talented. You know, Sonberg for me should probably play where Dominguez is playing. Uh, you know, yeah. where he can, he can work behind that that attacking midfield three, and he can keep the ball and he can distribute it. And he's 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 a very technical. I think he's more technical than Dominguez. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Scouten, who's doing a lot of work. Uh, you know, pretty much an engine room guy. He had five interceptions and four tackles in this game. Um, you know, so he's, he is the ball winner in that midfield and you can pair Svanberg next to him who could probably be the playmaker from a little bit of a deeper lying position, you know, and get the ball, you know, to the, to the more attack minded playmaking midfielders in front of him. So, um, you know, so just little tweaks. It was interesting in the, in the way they were set up, but still pesky enough. And first 10 minutes, you know, looked the better team and, and looked like they could have gone on and gotten a goal and, and gotten themselves ahead of Milan. Yeah. Uh, so Milan was, you know, the Rossinetti settled in, uh, got that first goal and then worked to get that second goal. And as Pioli said, an issue with them, you know, stopping playing, which allowed Bologna to get back into it. And, you know, the old saying goes, the two goal lead is the most dangerous one to have in the game. And, um, uh, you know, Bologna nearly got one to make it interesting and and have us all on the edge of the seats for the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, Donnarumma had to make a big save towards the end; otherwise, it'd have been two one, and you know, game on with ten minutes to go. Yep, yep. So, goals of the week. Uh, I have a top three. I don't have a top five this week. Uh, tied for third is all three goals that Hellas Verona scored. I agree with the that. Win over Roma. I, <laughs> I don't know who scored them. I don't know who's getting credit for them, but. Uh, how you know, we're not. We're, it's 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 going to be several years before we see goals like that again. So, <laughs> um, 
Number two, I'm going with uh, Mehdi Barabia's uh, free kick uh, to, uh, res- you know, to, I shouldn't say rescue a point for Sassuolo, but that's what it was because they were behind a goal, uh, yep. you know, to Cagliari. But with how many chances that they carved out in that game, uh, <clears throat> you know, sh- shameful that they didn't go on and win that or get three points out of it. But yep. uh, Barabia's free kick for me, number two. And then I'm going with Kulishevsky. Uh His uh, debut goal for Juve is the goal of the week. I like that. Uh, I'll, I'll do Barabia, number three for me. Zlatan uh, goal, more more so the assist from Teo Hernandez as number two, and and Kulisevsky, no doubt about it, number one. Uh, what a brilliant finish! But I mean, if you watch that replay, just the bend around the defender, I mean, jaw dropping. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, winners and losers for me this week. Uh, you know, <laughs> winner, I'm gonna go. Well, loser is an easy one. It's Roma. Yeah. How do you let that happen? Um, yeah. all the way around, it's just ugly. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, winners, all of us, Calcio's back, and it's back with a yeah. bang. We had seven intriguing games. Um, we had we had we had seven intriguing games. We have what happened with <laughs> with with Roma, uh, you know, botching and in, in, in forfeiting a three nil, you know, three nil result to Hellas Verona because of they don't know how old their players are. We have what happened with. The uh, you know fixing an exam for Luis Suarez, Calciopoli extends uh, oh, to the wow. universities. Um, yeah, we win. We won this week. Yeah. <laughs> We're the winners. Yeah, absolutely. hundred. I agree. Hundred percent with all that. <laughs> Got a winner and loser. Or? Same. The same. Same. The same okay. One. Perfect. Same and speaking of winners now, let's get to everybody. You got to, you know what? I think your assignment is finding some good theme music for this. Some good, like cheesy game show theme music. For this <laughs> who won Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Who won Calcio Twitter? This is what everybody really hangs out for. They don't really care about our opinions about Calcio. Yeah, and this is, this is what it's become. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to start with Uncle Sharma. Um, Marie, uh, with a picture of Mourinho on his phone saying Mourinho making burner accounts to call Conte a wig wearing cheating Juventino scum on Instagram. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was so, very funny. <laughs> good. Well played. Well played. Uh, at Simo 33 XX, that's S E M O. Juve kits this season look fine with a picture of the referee's <laughs> kits. That was great. That was great. <laughs> The Calciopoli digs just never, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they they never get old, do they? No, they don't. The, they don't. Uh, so um, let's see. Uh, dang, uh, at Chiesa di Totti, dang, ADL Aurelio Di Laurentiis is more vindictive than Sally May. Arik Milik deal progressing despite De Laurentiis' insistence that the player pays an outstanding fine from last year. <laughs> we're going to sell you and we're going to make money, but before we sell you and make money, you have to pay us some money too. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, let's see. What well, more Roma? Here we go. Wayward Jellarossi at Roma, Roma, Roma 17. You ever feel a fart build up, and when it comes time, you just get a disappointing poof? That was Roma today. That was pre forfeit. <laughs> that was pre forfeit. That was pre forfeit. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I nominated myself uh, the Genoa Crotone game. <laughs> um, uh, during the general Gajona game, because I happened to catch this gem, Mattia Destro acting like he never scored before. 
because he's <laughs> never scored before. That was how that are was you funny. a striker in Serie A this long? How do you still have a job uh, when you can't uh, score goals in this? He has compromising pictures of just about every owner. He yeah. has to. Yeah, he has to. <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, our dear friend at Dr. Russo at Dr. Russo two two three five. This was from during the Parma Monopoly game. Kuchka has fouled everyone on the field and Minona, and he still doesn't have a yellow card. <laughs> uh, he finally did get a yellow card at the end, but yeah, yeah. that's that awesome. That's funny. And Dr. Russo, we hope your Nona's feeling better. Yeah, we <laughs> so, do. We do. <laughs> that has for an old lady that has to hurt. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, Milan bangers. If any, if you're not, if you're a Milan supporter and you're not following this account, you're not doing life right. Uh, at AC Milan underscore SA, we are going to start the season with Gabia and Kiar as our center backs, with Calabria at right back and Salamander at right midfield. Can does can't even be can't even be inconvenienced to get the get the guy's name right. And MT Milan Twitter is mad because Costa Corta doesn't think we'll win the Scudetto. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, Elon Twitter. Oh my yeah, God. gotta love them. They're wonderful people. <sighs> Flappy Hansky at yeah. Fabianski. F A A A B I A N S K I I I. Lazio are allegedly interested in a 15 million deal for deal for Mustafi. <laughs> Medicals have already been scheduled to check up on Lazio's scouting team's mental health. <laughs> that was good. That's good. That is good. That's great. That's a zing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, let's see. And then uh, we the, let's see. We've got a couple oh, more. Here we go. Here we go. We've got a couple more. Nicholas Di Giovanni, our friend over at the Calcio guys, at n underscore d i g i o v a n n i. Suarez at his at his exam. It is a gif of Peter Griffin from Family Guy pretending to be Italian, going boppity boppity. <laughs> Oh my, that's 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 what we for so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Chiesa uh, uh, di Totti with another entry, and I think that this just speaks in general to the person that he's referring to. That this is yeah. the contestant. So Pantaleo Longo, the guy who was likely responsible for the DOR listing error against Hellas Verona, is getting a job with Hellas Verona. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my! All right, so we got to pick a winner out of oh, there's those. One more, there's one more. There's one more from uh, from Nima. Uh, okay. He said, "This is Nima." He's saying, "Me." Only thing that would make this Mercato worse is Ranocchio and Gagliardini staying, while Skriniar and Nyangalan are sold. Enter challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! All right, those so good. those are good. Oh. Man, as much as I, the, 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 Nicholas Giovanni's is excellent, and it's the one that everybody's going to all point to. But I, I'm I'm handing it over to Fabianski. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was clever. Yeah. Because um, so he's my he, I, he for me he won Calcio Twitter. What do you think? <laughs> that was mine until Nick, uh, our friends from the Calcio guys, he did the boopity boppity from Family Guy. That had me dying. Uh, so that that just edges it for me. So uh, yeah, both of those are those, both of those were hilarious. You're just trying to get back on their pod. <laughs> oh. oh my! What was yours? Go to at City I Sit Down on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, 
European competitions, Champions League, Europa League are starting to, we're getting to the qualifying stage. The only team of note, Milan Thursday hosting Bodo Glimt of Norway. Um, and uh, Pioli's putting some importance on this game, and especially because Bodo Glimt hasn't lost since the Obama administration, it seems, um, or at least in Norway. They've got a pretty lengthy winning streak. Uh, or a pretty lengthy, pretty lengthy unbeaten run. So um, I expect a little bit of uh, shuffling there on Thursday, but uh, uh, not something that should be too uh, daunting for Milan to handle, is it? Especially, especially with it at the San Siro. No, I think it'll be a similar result as we had uh, against the Shamrock Rovers. Uh, two nothing, very professional yeah. win. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I don't think they're going to overextend themselves to try to score a you know, a half dozen goals or anything like that. They're going to just get their way through it over 90 minutes and, and, and get, uh, uh, and, and get the win and move on. So, yeah. all right. So you, and then, and then coming back to that, who won Calcio Twitter, you had, uh, uh, Nick, Nick, Di, Nick Di Giovanni and I have got Fabianski as our yep. winner. So, all right. Uh, so we'll call it a tie, but those guys won Calcio Twitter again at city. I sit down on Twitter, Instagram. Who do you think won Calcio Twitter? And with that, uh, yeah, Mr. Bob is going with the Mustafi one as well. So, um, but with that, uh, we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Shameless plug time, Richard. Uh, you can always follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n, as the uh, name says right there, uh, and anywhere on social media. And then, uh, of course, follow our YouTube page. We'll try to get some more videos here at the beginning of the season uh, and throughout the season. So. I'm at FTC underscore 21. Uh, check out uh, the Lazio Lounge YouTube page where I am featured among uh, some dynamite people uh, that got to uh, go on video there and offer the predictions for top six or top seven over the season. Rocco, if you're still there, Rocco was one of them as well. Yep. Um, but uh, Chloe Beresford, Adam Digby, Carlo Garganese, um, Alistair weighed in, Rocco, myself, Nima. Um, and I can't remember, I think there was one who's more. who of Calcio. <laughs> I still have no idea why, uh, why they asked me, <laughs> but uh, but I was honored and uh, and, and glad to give my take. So, uh, but anyway, so so go check that out. Uh, otherwise, you can find me at FTC underscore 21. I already said that. Uh, study, I sit down, we have our own channel on. Uh, Apple Podcasts on SoundCloud. We can be found on Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, you can find City I Sit Down. I think we're on Pandora too, aren't we? We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You can't you can't get away from us. No. Um, so uh, do check us out on any of those platforms. Uh, you can uh, please drop a like if you uh, enjoyed this video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, as Richard said, we'll be trying to drop videos. I'm. I keep saying it, I'm procrastinating, but I will. I will you get did well in Lazio Lounge, so I appreciate it. Uh, I got to get more. You know, I can't use my phone. I've got to get better video equipment. You know, better than nothing. Uh, yep, it's better. It yeah, it is better than nothing. So, um, so we will certainly. Uh, yeah, Stevie, we're almost done. Are we live? <laughs> we're barely alive and kicking. Yeah, yeah. I think Stevie's used to us going an hour and forty-five minutes. So he thought he could come here halfway. Stevie, we're already done. Um, surprise! Surprise! Yep, 2020. Surprise, surprise. Yep, 2020. <laughs> six, six aside, Calcio. Hi, guys. How's everything going? Everything's going great. Thanks for guys. Thank you guys for checking in with us after we're done. <laughs> so, we're, we're just as surprised as you are that we're done. Yeah, already. I can't believe we did this in an hour. It's amazing. It's 2020. So, 
Press rewind, Stevie. Press rewind. Press rewind. All right. So um, at City, I sit down on Twitter, Instagram, uh, drop comments, drop questions on anything that you would want us to have covered on future podcasts. We're also available on Facebook as well. So match week one is in the books. Match week two. Let's just take a quick glance because I think there's some pretty interesting games next week, Richard. Um, before we sign off for sure, as long as we've got people. Um, Torino and Atalanta on uh, Saturday will kick things off. Cagliari hosting Lazio, Sampdoria, Benevento, and Inter Fiorentina. So we'll get to see a handful of these teams that haven't uh, haven't played yet. Uh, and then on Sunday, we have five games. Spezia making their Serie A debut against Sassuolo. Hellas Verona against Udinese. Hopefully Udinese will get their roster right. Uh, <laughs> Napoli hosting Genoa. Crotone hosting Milan. And then Roma hosting Juventus. Uh, on the 27th. That'll be good. Yep, finishing off on Monday with Bologna hosting Parma. So that is match week two uh, for everybody. Um, everybody in the chat, bravo. Thanks Thank for bringing you. it. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for chatting with us. Uh, helps make the, go, make the show go that much faster too. So uh, very much appreciated. Um, we'll be back next week. For Richard, I'm Frank. Make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.